We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone Hello Welcome to another episode of Unabashedly Obsessed I'm James I'm Erin On our podcast we like to talk about things related to pop culture And not so pop culture On this episode, the last one of 2017, we're going to be talking about, I think, a little bit of both, pop and not so pop. Yes. Because we're going to do our second annual year in books. We are. But first, we have a thank you to do. Yes, we do. We received a package in the mail Mm -hmm. of a present from Andy. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. And he, as part of a sort of a bonus Secret Sadie uh, gift... Gave us a double, wow, double UFO 2017 reference, a Simpsons action figure of Stephen King. It's amazing. From his guest star on that show. Yeah. I'm, I was, I, I don't know, I, like, I, I sort of was getting action figure vibes from the packaging and right. stuff. I couldn't have guessed. By the way, excellent wrapping job yeah. on that because. Blister packs are tough. Yeah. They're hard yeah. to wrap. Yeah. So. Thank you, Andy. Andy. (laughs) Um, Now, let's get into the show. Yes. (laughs) Ding. You sound very NPR. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, we have, uh, I think this year we both have accessed Goodreads Year in Books. Mm -hmm. Last year, I think you were like, what is this now? And I was like, anyways, podcasting. Oh, by the way, mine was terrible, and I'm not going to reference it at all. Okay, great. Well, I'm going (laughs) to reference mine. Okay, you reference yours. I will tell you why mine was terrible after you reference yours. Okay. Or before, it's up to you. Uh, um, I mean, I was just going to sort of go through it over the course of the podcast. Oh, Why okay. didn't you use yours? Well, so a lot of what I read this year was Sluggy Freelance, uh-huh. which is a webcomic uh-huh. that hasn't all been put into books, but right. I still wanted it to count. Right. So each chapter yeah. that is roughly equivalent to a volume of a comic. Right. Um, I just found a book that had the same name as the chapter or something close to it right? and put that in. Yeah. So my year in books was a whole bunch of books that I didn't actually read. I gotcha. Okay. Cool, and I cool. don't remember specifically what each storyline for each chapter was. Yeah. So I'm looking at these things and I'm like, I know that, like, I, you know, I made a note to myself. Yeah. Um, instead of a review, I just said, you know, note to self, actually read Sluggy Freelance this chapter just want to count, you know, but wanted to count it for my reading challenge. You can add a book. Wait, what? Yeah, I added Hometown Ghosts by Emily Cardamus, who did our logo art, as a book. Wait, what? Yeah, you can add books. Fuck. Um, I don't know how to do that right now, but like, it's like, don't find your book. Didn't find your book? Add a book. And then you just fill oh. out the information for it. Because I couldn't find um, Kyle's comic yeah that he gave us at podcon yeah even though it has an isbn number it wasn't showing up you can definitely add it i mean Man. like i'm the only one who has read hometown ghosts right. on goodreads but well and like i i did some beta reading for mika yeah and just had to find another book with the same title yeah you can definitely add books damn 2018 the year of aaron adding books yeah just gonna add a whole bunch of random books. <laughs> so, what was your um, reading challenge goal? So, my reading challenge goal was forty. Okay. Um, and I've been gradually increasing that uh, over the past couple of, since I've. It's funny. I I forget that there was a point where I didn't do Goodreads because it's been so integral in my life for the past like three years or right. four years. So I was trying to find um, how many times I've read eleven twenty two sixty three. Right. And I was like, uh huh. There's that one. There's that one. And oh. Oh, it just cuts off. Weird. Okay. Like, I have I have books as read, but not, like, mm-hmm. reviews. I mean, I do pretty extensive review. Not extensive, but, like, I put down my thoughts. Yeah. Um, And uh, that just cuts off after, like, three years of looking, you know, going back through. Oh. Um, because I didn't, you know, for a long time I was signed up for Goodreads and read absolutely nothing. Right. I feel like maybe you were like, Goodreads is a thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then just didn't do anything for like five years. Yeah, when I first signed up, and I may have mentioned this in the same, in, in this episode last year, um, I just added a whole bunch of books that I knew I had read. Right. I wish that I and I can't go back and fix it now because I've been signed up for Goodreads longer than I've been married. Right. 
so I don't remember when I read what. But I right. wish that I could, that I had just started with, you know, only books that I had read since I signed up for Goodreads. Right. So that I didn't have stuff that I read in high school. Right. Um, like I added all my favorite shelf. I added and, and rated them five stars just because I like the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Feature and I've added other books where I'm like I'm not going to read that again, but I have read that, so stop recommending it to me. I've read it, right? But yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Like to have a you know I haven't read this since I signed up for Goodreads. Yeah, would be cool. Well, mostly just so that I know what I like. Not that I ever go back and look at the metrics and stuff, but it would be kind of nice to be able to go back and be like, oh, these are the books that I've read since I signed up for Goodreads. Right. I know I've read a separate piece. Right. In high school. Right. Not since I signed up for Goodreads. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So, I signed, I had 40 this year. Okay. And I am currently, uh, we are recording this on the 26th of December. I have 46 books read. Oh. So, you I've you yeah, overdid it. I've owned, overdone it. Uh, yeah. So, I've, 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 I've blasted past it a little bit. Um, I, I Whenever I get into a comic book series like... Ms. Marvel, for instance, right? Um, and we're and I'm gonna see there are a bunch of like I uh, Lock and Key was this year as well. Yeah, same. Um, and some saga. Yep. And um, we we did our comic books episode, so like, uh, American Vampire is one of them, and like all that stuff. So um, I expect I may be able to get to forty uh, fifty before the end of the year. Awesome. So um, what will that do for your challenge next year? So next year I'm I'm I need to catch up on billboards and New Yorkers because they're about to start falling over because gravity can't hold the stacks anymore. Got it. Um mostly for New Yorkers, not for billboards, but still I need to catch up on those. So I'm going to divide what I end up doing this year in half, and that'll be my goal, and mostly I'm gonna be catching up on uh magazines. Um, I think you should add the magazines to Goodreads. Because did you know that you can add books? I did know. And I've actually, you can add, <laughs> people already, I, I've seen issues of The New Yorker as available on Goodreads already. I mean, if you think about it, that's there, the same as reading issues of a comic. I know, but for whatever reason, I couldn't stand myself if I did that. Really? It, it just, like, it would feel oh, like... Oh, half it, of what I'm going to talk about today is just going <laughs> to piss you right off. It's not, it's not and I, I'm, like, for you, I understand it. <laughs> Is that bad? It, like, I'm like, well, sure, Aaron can do it, but like, something about like, I wouldn't put the newspaper down. I would if it was getting to the end of the year and I Fair. really needed to hit that number. Fair. I also, well, yeah. So, okay, so, um, I'm thinking I should be able to get to fifty this year, and then, um, because I don't read the whole thing. That's a large part of it. Is I don't read the New Yorker cover to cover. You just skim through and I, find things you want to read? For my first, like, two or three issues, I was like, no, every article, no matter my interest level. And no. that is not, FYI, pro tip, the way to read a New Yorker. Or any magazine. Or really anything, anything at all. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, like, I skip. I would feel bad about ca- counting a New Yorker as something that I'd read, especially because sometimes I read literally, like, the articles at the beginning the comics and the fiction and that's it. I still think that you could count like every 10 issues as something. Yeah. But that but, but I'm that's not gonna. me. So <laughs> who likes to pad my reading challenge. Right. So I also don't go for lofty like I I make sure I my reading challenge is like crazy attainable. Yeah. And I keep I definitely do you do you can keep track of like when Goodreads is like your such and such books behind or ahead or whatever? I, well, I don't get emails. No, but it on the I don't I don't either. I don't and I don't ever look at it anywhere but the Goodreads app. Oh, okay. Except occasionally when you tell me to log into the web browser, I will do that. Yeah. But so my reading challenge this year was a hundred books. Right. This which is what I'm talking about. Has been perfectly attainable for me in the past. Right. The first time I did a reading challenge, I think I set the books at fifty and I hit it by like March. Right. Because I was reading a lot of really fluffy romances that right. took me a day to read. Right. So then I bumped it up. This year, I think I originally had it set for 125, and in like August, I was like, oh, that's not going to happen. Bump right. it down to 100. Right. I still have 25 books to go, uh-huh. so I don't think I'm going to hit the challenge. Right. Which upsets you have to read me greatly. Five books a day. Yeah. Including today. Right. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> 
I almost now see if I really wanted to cheat, uh-huh. which I kind of do, uh-huh. I would take every episode of Overdue that I've listened to this year. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I've totally read that. I read that. They read it for me. Sure, that's I read the, that. That's what the concept of the or show is. Or at the is. very least, I would take every episode of Overdue that I've listened to this year where I, where I have already read the book. Yeah. And I would mark it off as having read it. But I'm not going to do that because that would be cheating. But see, this is that Ravenclaw thing where I set rules for myself. Yeah. And I adhere to them very strongly. Right. But a lot of the time, my rule is that rules are made to be broken. There you go. Uh, I'm, my- James is like, his eye's like twitching right now. <laughs> no, Just, no, 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 I, no. No, I'm looking at your eye and it's I'm, twitching right oh, now. <laughs> because I want to I say this other thing and um, then we can get back to it. My, okay. So... Uh, speaking of making rules and then following them, uh-huh. which I do too, by the way, and maybe that's a, a Ravenclaw little streak that I have. Mm-hmm. But um, So Lila made... So Kristen went to go uh, have a dentist appointment, and our dentist is stupid far away because we like them. Yeah. Um, so we have to have like an overnight trip to her mom's house right. to hit the dentist in the morning. Right. Um, so she did that one, one night this past week. So I was with the kids basically for like an evening and like half a day. Okay. And I was working. So like the kids needed to sort of entertain themselves. So Lila made a list of the things they were going to do. Of course she did. And it was like read a book, do a puzzle, read another book, you know, to-do list stuff. Yeah. So she was, they were, it was the afternoon, Kristen was back and they had like one last thing before the line item, talk to dad about ordering pizza. Okay. Um, and they were like, and she was like, okay, so, and now we've done it. Whew. Oh, now I can do whatever I want. And I was like, Lila, you can always, you can always do whatever you want. You never have to do the things on the to-do list you made for yourself. She's like, what if it's pay a bill? I'm like, oh, all right. I mean, I guess touche. You, yeah. You've won this round, but. I mean, she's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. But it was definitely like she made herself a list and then was like a slave to the list until the list was completed. So for me, I would never do some of the Goodreads stuff because I have strict rules about what I would do. Right. But like for you and anyone else, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. That's fine. And like you'll you'll put, you know, I read the Goodreads updates, not obsessively, but like. Yeah. I will definitely, it is definitely something I will scroll back through. Yeah. And I see, you'll post something, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Like, I'll read the description, you're like, note to self, this is for such and such. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So the shortest book I read, according to Goodreads, is All You Zombies, which is 19 pages. Okay. And I counted it as a book. This is the other reason why I couldn't do the the year in whatever, because half of, like, all of my things were like, oh, this book that you didn't actually read was your shortest book that you read. But next year, you'll be on point. Except yeah. for maybe this, except for maybe this stat, because I don't, I don't think that you're really going to be like assigning page numbers to. Not if it's a web comic, because I don't know how many pages right. it would be. Right. I suppose I could look back at the other books and just kind of guesstimate how many pages. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, and the longest book I read was 653 pages, and the Stephen King book that it was <laughs> <laughs> was Salem's Lot. Okay, um, which I forgot that I read this year because it was oh. the first Stephen King book I read this year. Yeah. Um, my most popular book I read this year was The Girl on the Train. Okay. With, with, which uh, 2,114,327 people also read. It's because it was a good book. It was a good book. I'm reading her other one, at, as you saw. Yeah. I'm currently reading Into the Water, which was a little bit of a slow burn, but now I'm really into it. I'm about halfway through. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's uh, that one Goodreads Mystery and Thriller prize this year. So yeah. I've added all of the... I already had all the fiction winners on my to-read list. Right. This year I added um, all of the mystery and thrillers that have won ever. Okay. And all of the horror ones that have won ever. I need to add mystery and thrillers. One of So I have my own um, metrics over uh, here. And one of the things, one of my categories is still chasing the high of Gone Girl. Right. Um, I should check out the mystery and thrillers best of list on yeah. Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like they're, I feel like America is still chasing the. the yeah. And that, that's girl. the thing. Like, I've found some that are really good, but yeah. they don't, like, they will hit some of the points. So, like, Gillian Flynn's other stuff hits the, oh, wow, this is super well-written and compelling that Gone Girl had. Yeah. But it doesn't have that element of, 
I'm sorry, but wait, what now? Yeah. And the girl on the train had the elements of, oh, like, unreliable narrator or right. narrator that doesn't remember but constructs a whatever. Like, right. That sort of thing. But it wasn't dark. Right. I mean, it had darkness to it, but it wasn't like... It wasn't... Dark. Yeah, it wasn't... Twi- well, and that was... Twisted, yeah. That was the one... And I haven't ever read Gone Girl. I've only seen it, so... It was... The movie was pretty faithful yeah. to the book. Um, Girl on the Train... I didn't love the ending of it. I um, it, it it felt a little bit. It did that thing that I hate when mysteries and thrillers do, where the the one who did it is like, and let me tell you why I did it and right. how I did it. Right. Um. I liked that. I like when um stuff happens and it serves a purpose. Yeah. But you don't see that it serves a purpose until later when you realize it serves a purpose. Right. And that book was chock full of me being like, ugh, are you kidding with this more drinking stuff? Right. And then the, I was like, oh, my God. And again with the drinking. And yeah. then the drinking turned out to play a pivotal role. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Good job. That was that was the same author as Into the Water, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. The woman, I think she also wrote The Woman in Cabin 10. Oh, did she? Which, I haven't read that one either, but. That one, I didn't notice that on my list. I must, that one, that one was good. I must have done that one in 2016. No, that was Ruth Ware. That okay, okay, that was okay, and she also did In the Woods. Right. Oh. No, In a Dark Dark Wood. Right. In the Woods was Tana French. In a Dark Dark Wood was Ruth Ware. Into the Woods was Stephen Sondheim. Uh huh. Um, Ruth Ware also did The Lion Game, which right. is also which is on my Still Chasing the High of Gone Girl list. Right. And that had some of the elements of mystery and intrigue and murder yeah. without quite hitting the, but wait, what now? Yeah. I think it. it's really, a, yeah. Yeah. All of Ru- I really like Ruth Ware. She gets pretty, con- she consistently gets four stars from me. Uh-huh. And Paula Hawkins does too. Consistently, I think I've only read the one thing by her, but she gets four stars. Doesn't, like... All of those books are just missing the one thing I need to push them into that five-star, holy crap, this was as good as Gone Girl. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Gone Girl was definitely a multifaceted yeah. gem. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Um, the least popular uh, book I read was Hometown Ghosts because zero other people <laughs> had read it. But you should read it. You should. It's excellent. Uh, Emily Cardamus. Is a national treasure. Is a national treasure. Also, she did our logo art. You can follow her on Twitter at Corrupted Gem. And you should be able to find Hometown Ghosts there. Hey, if, you, if you're looking to read Hometown Ghosts, which is a very, very good story about coming back after college, or no, on college, like a college break, okay. I believe. Um, you can find, talk, come find me at, on the Facebook group or email me or whatever, and I'll, I'll figure out how to, how to get you to a place where you can read it. I want to read it. Um, yeah. Sometime in the next I, four days. Okay. I think you have to, <laughs> uh, I think you, uh, I think it's for sale. Yeah. But it's like fine. two bucks. Um, and it's, it's an online thing, right? Yeah. So I can give Emily $2 and, yeah. or however many dollars and then read it online. Yeah. Excellent. You should also read her other thing, Firewood. I don't know why I didn't put that on. Here. That wasn't. I guess that, that wasn't. Was it was short. Yeah, hometown ghosts was longer. It than was Firewood. somewhat longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, my average rating for books in 2017 was 4.1. Okay. So not that's bad. pretty good. Yeah. You read a lot of good books this year. I did. Um. By the way, my rating system is, uh, I don't do one stars because I won't have finished the book. I will have abandoned the book before I give a book one stars. Okay. Two is, woof, this one took me a long time because it didn't call to me. I didn't really enjoy it. It was fine. But, yikes, this one took me a long time. Okay. Three stars is, yeah, all right. It did some cool things. It was fine, whatever. I didn't hate it. It went. It didn't go slowly, but it wasn't memorable, really. Okay. Four stars is, I really like this. It really called to me, but I probably won't reread it. And five stars is, holy crap, I flew through this book. This book was amazing, memorable, and I probably will reread it. Okay. Mine is, I do give one stars. So I have a shelf of abandoned. Okay. My one star is, I don't give them often. 
it's usually if there's one tiny thing that is compelling me enough to trudge through either really bad writing or it's like there's like a side plot that I want to know the resolution of. Right. So like Twilight would have been something in this. I don't remember what I rated Twilight, but it's something in that vein or Fifty Shades of Grey. Something where I'm like, okay, this is real bad. Yeah. But I need to know what happens. Right. Because I'm oddly intrigued, even though it's real bad. Yeah. Usually those get at least two stars from me. Right. But once in a very blue moon, if I get to the end and I'm horribly unsatisfied. Yeah. Like, because like I'll continue with the series to a point if I'm intrigued enough, even if right. it's horrible. I read all the Fifty Shades books. Right. I'm pretty sure they all got two stars. Right. A one star would be like if I hit the end of that third book and I'm like, well, I feel like I wasted a whole lot of time and I wish I had just abandoned this. Right. Two stars is, you know, basically the same as you. Like, oof, this was not good. Yeah. Three stars is usually what I give, which is, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I this is nec- a book I read. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to someone, but I wouldn't discourage them from reading it. That's a great distinction. Yes. It just is a book that I read. Yes. That was fine. Yes. I typically don't have much to say in reviews. Okay. Because it is a book that I read. It was fine. Yeah. Four stars, I would recommend to people. Uh-huh. I might not run right out and start buying copies of it to give people. Right. But I would definitely tell people, this is one of the closest books to that High From Gone Girl. Right. You know, that I've read in a while. Right. I had, like, I think um, The Lion Game was one of my Patreon recommendations. Yeah. It was a four star. It right. was really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it earth shattering. Okay. Five stars is... Eleven twenty two sixty three. Right. Ready Player One. Uh huh. Eleanor and Park. Mm-hmm. And the, oh, Landline got one star from me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because that was because of side plot. That was yes. that was because like it, it was, was something that you were interested in but wasn't delivered upon by. I think the first time I read it, it got two stars. Uh huh. And when I reread it, I was like, oh yeah, this was just as bad as I remember. And now I'm mad that I read it again. So I'm dropping my rating. Landline from me got. Uh, I'm gonna guess four stars. <laughs> you are fucking kidding me. I was gonna guess three. I said this was a very enjoyable and compelling read. I liked almost all of the characters and was engrossed in the plot from, almost from the very beginning. The unanswered questions that really bother me are all about the TV show. I wanted to see Georgie go back and rock the presentation with Seth. There are other plot holes, but I'm willing to forgive them. I guess this is more like three point seven or three point eight, if I'm being honest. Wow. And then we actually then we had the conversation. recorded an episode yeah. about it, and yeah. you should probably knock that down to at least a three. Yeah, you definitely... Yeah, I know you won't retcon it. No, I won't, but... But I would probably, mentally retcon it. I would probably drop it down to a three because... I mean, but it would probably be because it dropped down to like a 3.3, and that rounds down. Right. Like... <laughs> I, well, there's I'm, something most to be said for I, read, I enjoyed this the first time I read it, and then yeah. I had a conversation with my friend who didn't enjoy right. it, and now I recognize a lot of the points that she made and right. it has somewhat lessened my enjoyment of the story what's funny is reading eleven twenty two sixty three. 63 it's like oh now this is how you do this mm-hmm. this is how you do a time travel story yeah like if i'd read eleven twenty two sixty three right before landline mm-hmm. i probably would have been harsher well yeah my i mean you know i'm forgiving of some time travel Things like why is there time travel? Right. Sometimes I'm forgiving of it. Eleven twenty two sixty three. It was never explained really why that rabbit hole was there. Yeah, it just was. Yeah, and the how it worked was explained. Right. In terms of like you know you go back to the same place every time, same moment in time right. every time. The phone in landline just I I would have been willing to let it go if. There had been some degree of consistency of the rules. Like Time Traveler's Wife, there are consistent rules with when he time travels to. It's not really explained why other than there are some people that can do this. Right. But the rules are consistent, so you know what to expect. Yeah. With Landline, it's like, is it the phone line? Is it the phone? Is it the house? Is it the... What is it? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but I, I I would say a two is like a an F from me. Yeah. I tend to give threes and fours. Yeah. 
Um, I really Goodreads is a place I tend not to like half stars in things because I'm like, come on, make a decision. Goodreads is a place where I would like a half star option. Yeah, a half star option would be good because for me, there are a lot of books that I rate a three. Yeah, but they really should be a three and a half, which means I would like I would recommend this to certain people. Yeah, not blanket recommend it. Right. But for some people, sure, I would recommend... Like, uh, one of the books I read was Breakthrough by Ken Grimwood. Right. Which Who was, wrote Replay. Who wrote Replay. That's one that I gave it three stars. I would have probably given it three and a half because I would recommend it to people who are very interested in time travel. Right. I think you will probably enjoy it as much as I did and yes. have some of the same problems with it that I had. Okay. But that's not one that I would just be like, hey, everybody I know, you should read this book. Right. Like replay. Right. Like replay. Where right. I would be like, hey, I don't care if you like time travel or not. This book's good. Right. Yeah. Um, and like 112263 is one that I see a list of like, what book would you recommend me? And before I even mm-hmm. finish reading the thing, I'm like, 11. Yeah. <laughs> not by Stephen King. Delete, delete, delete. Oh, no. Just keep scrolling. I don't have anything I, to contribute to. I still to. will say, I know you said not by Stephen King. However... Eleven twenty two sixty three is not what you think of when you think of Stephen right. King. I urge you to give it a shot. And th- here's my annual. It's a time travel love story centered around the Kennedy assassination. There's like maybe one book by Stephen King that I've ever read that is what you yeah. think of when you think of Stephen King. Yeah. Mostly Stephen King. His genre is not what you think of when you think right. of Stephen King. Right. Now, I haven't read all of them. Right. Yet. So it may be that I'm missing out on stuff that I have been avoiding. I think the problem with Stephen King is that the ones that ha- of his that have been made into mainstream movies yeah. are the ones that are, quote, what you think of when you think of Stephen King. Right. Things like The Shining. Right. Things like... It. It. I think yeah. It is probably... Well, no, see... Stephen King is about friendship. Stephen King is not horror. I know. But a lot of people don't... They, they see the surface level, which is Murder Sewer Clown. Sure. They don't see... Murder Sewer Clown would have been a good title for the book. It would have been. I haven't read the book yet. It's on my shelf, along yes, with so many other books. Hey, if you want to borrow my wife's paperback copy of that when you get to it, you might... You could... I might that. see if I can get it from the library on Kindle. I got I got it from the library on audiobook, and it was pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, but that means I can't listen to podcasts while I'm listening to true it. True story. I haven't finished listening to Revival because... Mm. Yeah, I wanted to listen to podcasts instead. Yeah. I think revival might go faster on paper for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Stephen King tends to do that. Yeah, I found. Um, sp- Speaking of audiobooks, yes. may I ask you a question? Yes. So the creators of Zombies Run, yes, did this. I guess like radio play, okay, called The Way of All Flesh, that was available through Audible. Okay. So I counted it. Yeah. As essentially an audiobook. Absolutely. Even though it was a radio play. Counts. Okay. Absolutely counts. It was very good. I gave it... Oh, it was one of my rereads. I listened to it again. I was like, I know it was on this list. Oh, I gave it five stars. I mean, yeah. It was one that pro- honestly, I mean, that's one where my rating system gets a little wonky because probably I should have given it four stars, but because I'm not going to go recommend it to just everybody. Right. But I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I give Saga five stars every single one I I do. I think I gave Saga f- four stars. Yeah. I, I actually made a, a deal with myself, I think maybe on the podcast, that if I finished the one I, that I was reading and still really liked it, I would bump everything up to five stars. Yeah. And I, and I did. So, like, Saga's one that, like, I don't really even think about because I enjoy it so much. Saga's one that for me, when I'm reading it, I'm all in. But yeah. the minute I put it down, I tend to forget about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like when I read uh, Fables, uh-huh. I was really engaged. Thought about it and stuff. Yeah. I thought about it a lot. I couldn't wait to get back to it. Saga, I really enjoy while I'm reading it. Yeah. And when I finish a volume, I immediately want to move on to the next one. But yeah. if I have to put it down and go pick up my kid, yeah. then getting back into it later... I'm like, well, I could just play this game on my phone for a little bit instead. Right. Oh, I want to thank my sister. Um, she, I, sorry. Here's the here's the train of thought. I lent my sister book one, mm-hmm. uh, the breastfeeding book, as uh-huh. as we called it yep. before. Um, and she finished it this morning. She said she really really liked it. Oh, good. Um, she for Christmas gave the podcast a needlepoint 
uh, UFO icon. It's very cute. Uh, with a, a no UFO uh, UFO podcast thing. It's yes. very, very cool. We'll take pictures of that and the Stephen King action yeah. figure and post them on the group. Good unabashedly call. obsessed with unabashedly obsessed. Yeah, you should join. And we'll probably tweet them too. Probably. At UFO podcast. Um, can I talk to you about uh, the last review I have right now? You may. I will have more reviews because I'm finishing Ready Player One in yes. the next day or two. For my reread of that, which, yes. by the way, because one of the things that I decided was when I estimated that I was on, quote unquote, my last book of the year, right. I would I would do my random number generator on my favorite shelf so mm-hmm. that I could reread a favorite yeah. at the end of each year. And uh, Ready Player One came up I and actually uh, saw the trailer for it in the new Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, and it looks good. Although I've heard that Steven Spielberg, though he's directing it, took out all Steven Spielberg movie references weird which i'm like that doesn't make any sense but I those guess... were a big part of the i mean they weren't like super important to the plot but there were like when he goes through war games and that wasn't war games wasn't steven spielberg but like i would be upset if he doesn't you know, spoilers i guess but like if the part where he does war games um like he does the acting of, of war games as part of the thing i honestly i i read it when it first came out yeah. I, haven't, I haven't reread it yet there's there are parts that you need to have specific long extended clips from basically yeah and i hope that they've maintained that and yeah. i hope that steven spielberg has been faithful to that so is will wheaton involved in the movie at I all do you know? know he did the audiobook right? he did the audiobook yeah. and i think he's friends with ernest klein i think that might be why ernest klein made him president in the book president i don't remember that i'm pretty sure it's like a one sentence like president well will wheaton I will be on the lookout for that. He, he was president or like emperor or something. Nice. What, yeah, it was That's pretty. Awesome. It was pretty entertaining. So, um, my last review of the year so far is for Tom Hanks's book *Uncommon Type*. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that one. So, uh, rarely has a book started off so roughly <laughs> and ended so excellently. Okay. Um, it was a, it's a book of stories, of short stories. Mm-hmm. The first three of which I was like, "Oh yikes, we found the thing Tom Hanks can't do." Oh, um, they it was like he was trying to like his dedication was very sweet. It was um, dedicated to Rita and the kids, and then then below a line below that it said because of Nora. Okay. So it was sort of dedicated to his wife and kids, and then also Nora Ephron, right? Uh, who wrote "Sleeping in Seattle," and yeah. I think was sort of a butt of his. Mm-hmm. The first story felt like he was doing a tribute to Nora Ephron, in which he showed just how not everyone can do Nora Ephron stuff. Okay, like I could tell that the characters were supposed to be charming or quirky or X Y Z, right? But it felt like a high school draft of that. Ooh. Like he was like, yeah, it was not great. And then there was um, an article, like it was like a newspaper article from a guy's column in a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like it, and it was in the format of a column. Sure. And it was all about basically like how uh, kids, it, it basically boiled down to kids these days. Okay. And then... Things picked up. And I was okay. like, oh, okay, this one was good. Oh, this one was good too. Oh, and then like basically the rest of them were very good. Okay. Um, The first two, the, that that one that was Nora Ephron-esque mm-hmm. and that column thing mm-hmm. were recurring. So the column appeared like three or four times. Okay. Different columns, which saved the whole concept yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, the characters from the first story appeared in two other stories, pillared, like, middle and, and near the end. Okay. And the stories increased in quality and writing prowess as okay. they went. But the middle story was weird because these characters who, again, were basically rom-com tropes. Mm-hmm. In the middle one, they made... A functional rocket and uh, slung shot around the moon. Okay. Sure, as you do. In real life, it actually happened. It was a thing that actually happened. Oh. And it wasn't a dream or hyperbole or whatever. 
it actually happened. And I don't understand why. Okay. I don't either, but I haven't read it yet. But like, it would be like taking, it's sort of like how I imagine Cloud Atlas played out as a movie. Taking the same characters and then putting them in a different genre. Right. But like not really having, because Cloud Atlas has the like, we're all the same and we're just repeating the same people thing. We're the same spirits in different bodies sort of thing. Right. This was like, I didn't want to think up new characters or new relationships, so I just am using the same ones. Weird. And then it also was weird because the first story, the one dude dates the one girl in their group, Mm -hmm. and all this stuff happens. The second story should have, I feel like it should have been placed first, but it was too weird to be the first story. Okay. Okay. Because it introduced a, a character that we already knew from the from the first story. Okay. As if we were just meeting him for the first time. Hmm. And I was like, this is strange. But the third story, we knew the characters. He knew we knew the characters. We just got into the plot, and it was an excellent plot. Interesting. That that seems like a weird thing for an editor not to have been like, hey, Tom, you know you already Yeah. Is do you, introduced... I hope it wasn't like a, you don't tell Tom Hanks to fix the order of his stories thing. Do authors pick the order of stories? It Do you probably, have any idea? It probably depends. I would think that typically the author would present the book in the order that he or she expects it to be or thinks that it should be in. Yeah. And the editor can always come in and say, hey, I think that this story would be better here. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So um, I like to think that it was that they were it was three genre explorations with the same characters. Okay. Um, and that the first genre was bad rom-com. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, in which case it was excellently done. What was the ultimate rating on that book? I gave it, uh, four stars, but I said that it was actually something like three and a half. Okay. Because when I first, the, after the first two stories, it was a, it was a two star. Yeah. And I was like, yikes. And then it gradually got better and better and better. If it had uh, continued, would you have abandoned it? Or no. would you have pursued, pushed through because Tom Hanks? Because Tom Hanks and because I couldn't believe what I was yeah. reading. But it would have been rough. But, like, there's a time travel story in it. Of course there is. Um, Which, to me, felt like it had undertones of 11.22.63. I need to read it. There's There were parts that were excellent. And there were parts that I was like, why are we doing this? But let me tell you about the weirdest thing of the stories. Please do. He put a typewriter in every story. I don't think that's weird. It's Tom Hanks. He loves typewriters. Yeah. Did they make sense? Or was it just like, and here's a typewriter? I mean, was it like a one-off sentence? Like, there was a typewriter on the table. Uh, Sometimes it was like that. Sometimes the story was about the acquisition or something, something of a typewriter. Okay. And it was fine, but it was a, a little, it was jarring because it wasn't necessary in every story. Okay. Like, I was reading stories and I was like, where's the typewriter going to come for this story? <laughs> okay. And it was, and that was distracting. Anyways, I thought it was, it, it turned out way better than it started. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Because, so. yeah, when you started it, you were like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, it was disappointing. And expectations absolutely came into play yeah. for this. Because I was like, Tom Hanks can do anything. Right. Let's just read, what is this now? Now, I'm willing to bet I'm going to like it a whole lot more than you did. I bet you will. Because my expectation is, Tom Hanks can do anything. And James said, this is pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. He said, these things suck. So I'll probably like them more than you did. Because my expectations will be that they'll be terrible. Absolutely. Tell me a little more about how and what you read this year, and then we'll move on to favorite Stephen King and favorite non-Stephen King of the year. So I read seven Stephen King books. Okay. I I will not read my next metric because it was what my favorite Stephen King was. Okay. Um, I wrote down the books I gave five stars to. Okay. That was Clockwork Princess, which is the third in the Infernal Devices series by Cassandra Clare. Right. Which I have on my list, but I haven't read any of yet. Right. The first two, I think I gave four stars to. The fifth one, or the third one, got five stars. It was a reread, and it makes me cry every time. Okay. I love it. That's Clockwork? Clockwork Princess. Princess is the one that makes you cry every time? Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's Clockwork Angel, Clockwork Prince, Clockwork Princess. Okay. Um, the Way of All Flesh got five stars. Eleanor and Park got five stars. 
Lock and Key Volume 6 got five stars. That was, I believe, the last one. Volume 5. Oh, Lock and Key got, I think, five stars from all of, all of, for, for all of them. The other, and see, I would put the series as a whole at four stars. Lock and Key was the one that I was like, if I like this, I'll bump everything up to five. Right. That was the one. Okay. Saga, I've liked five stars. From I don't remember. I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember how Lock and Key ended. I remember some very specific points of it. It definitely had some like, like, and this wraps up and this wraps yeah. up, but in like very satisfying ways. Yeah. I really, I really liked it. Yeah. The way it wrapped up, obviously I really liked because it got five stars. Right. I think that on the whole, like if I were to rate Lock and Key as a whole, I think I would give it four stars because the previous volumes got three to four stars depending on the volume. And uh-huh. some, some of them were really good. And some of them I was like, okay, this was weird and yeah. not and it also depended on which character it was focusing on true as to what how much i cared true about the individual volume and story my one star reviews were landline uh-huh and see you later by christopher pike the one that we sent to new matt right hi new matt hi new matt that book that got a one star it got a one star my review was this book made no sense and was just not good i was so excited for a pike book with time travel but no just no just no. <laughs> awesome. It was real bad. <laughs> like, I'm not mad that I... And see, that's that's a weird thing. I'm not mad that I read it. Yeah. Because I feel like it provided some... I feel like there, there was a reason for me to have read it, which was, well, I'll be able to talk about this on the podcast. Right. If I had read it prior to us having this podcast, I probably would not even have finished it. Right. Was it bad writing? Bad uh-huh. plotting? Uh-huh. Unbelievable relationships? Uh-huh. Okay. Bad characters? Bad, just every, everything was bad. I'm sure New Matt will, to a point, agree with me that it was just, it was just <laughs> bad. Like, and that's, and the thing is, I didn't expect anything amazing right. as far as the writing, because I've read Christopher Pike before. Okay. I was expecting the time travel to make sense okay and it didn't make sense at all and it it did and it didn't i didn't like the reason for the time travel okay which really is like a plot issue the reason for the time travel came around to this thing where i was like okay that's stupid i don't like this plot okay so like i mean it explained the why and the how of the time travel in a way that was satisfactory because there was a reason for it. Right. But I didn't like the reason. Right. So I didn't like it. Okay. Those were my only one-star reviews this year. Okay. Um, my rereads were Clockwork Princess, The Way of All Flesh, and Eleanor and Park. Okay. The comics that I read were Sluggy Freelance, Saga, Lock and Key, and The Walking Dead, Volumes 25 through 27. Okay. Which I think is what is currently it's at least what's available from the library right um i don't know if there are more that are out that the library just doesn't have yet right and then my still chasing the high of gone girl category Uh was the lion game which got four stars the couple next door which got two stars i was very intrigued and then at the end it was such a letdown that it like, I was intrigued up until the end, and then I was like, oh, that's where you decided to go with this? Oh, no. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, like, the first half of the book would have gotten up? The first, the first half to, I honestly, I would say probably the first 90% of the book would Four? have gotten three. Okay. Like a high three. Like okay. three, three and a half to 3.7. Okay. And then at the end, I was like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Huh. Well, so that's why I got two stars. Yeah. How many Stephen King books did you say you read? Seven. I think I read eight. But what, I'm counting what? American Vampire. Okay. Because he wrote that. Um, that. So were, the, were those your only Gone oh, Girl? There was also um, The English Boys, which was fine. It was three stars. Um, and Truly Madly Guilty by Leon Moriarty. Okay. Which I think Kristen has read that. Probably. I gave that one four stars. Does that, the, does that center around a summer barbecue? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so the cover copy is like the thing that happened at the barbecue. Yeah. And I read it because I was, Leah Moriarty is one where I typically really like her, but when she writes something that's a miss for me, it's a hard miss. Okay. Like throw the book across the room, wish for those hours of my life back hard oh, miss. Okay. 
And so this one, I was like, I can see this going that way. It ended up being really good. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. The the Stephen King books I read were Salem's Lot, Full Dark, No Stars, The Dead Zone, American Vampire, which is a comic that he wrote, but I'm counting it because he wrote the first volume. His name's on the cover. Uh, Cujo, Carrie, uh, Gwendy's Button Box, and The Long Walk. Okay. I'm trying to see what my Stephen King ones were. So, Gerald's Game, Gwendy's Button Box, uh, The Langoliers. Right. Bag of Bones. LT's Theory of Pets, which is a short story that I listened to him read. Right. And that is in Everything's Eventual. Yeah. Right. I I ca- counted ca- it. Absolutely counted um, it. Blood and Smoke, which is another short story. Okay. That now I can't remember the plot of. I remember the plot of LT's Theory of Pets. I don't remember the plot of Blood and Smoke, so it clearly didn't stick with me much. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is three short stories, Lunch at the Gotham Cafe, 1408, and In the Death Room. I Oh. I really liked 1408. What was the... Oh, th- those are all in Everything's Eventual. Okay. Um, the What was the, the Death in the Gotham Cafe? Lunch at the Gotham Cafe. Is that the one where the where the waiter starts killing people? Yes. And he starts like shrieking? Yeah. Ooh, the shrieking is, yeah. the, is the creepiest part of that. That one was good. And the death room is the mortuary one? In the death room, I think that was the one where he was like, the main character was like a soldier who was being like beaten, tortured for information. Right, 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 right. And ends up, it, it was very kind of James Bond, like Stephen King does James Bond. Okay. You should read. You should read everything's eventual because you've read like four of yeah. the, of the twelve stories. Um, and then there's a bunch of saga. Oh, I guess that was it. Maybe okay. I may have I may have marked off a couple that I thought were 2017 that were actually 2016. Okay, well, but so my metrics are not perfect, and that and no one is asking them to be except for me <laughs> and our audience. Well. I have let you all down. What was your favorite Stephen King book? The Langoliers. I see. Okay. It I is ha- technically not. It's like a novella. Right. And it it's was in... the f- Four Past Midnight. Okay. It was the first of the stories in Four Past Midnight. I have not read the other three yet. Okay. Because after I finished The Langoliers, I wanted to sit with it. Right. And not immediately jump into another Stephen King. Which is a sign of a great Stephen King. Yeah. Like, I didn't touch a book, period, for like three days after I read right. that. It... It's very, it's like if The Stand was, it's not about the same stuff as The Stand, but it has a very The Stand vibe. One of the main characters is named Nick. Um, yeah. Airport? Airplane. Airplane, right, right. And, and and airport. I've been told the plot in middle school, someone talked to me about the Langoliers, and I was like, I was in my, Stephen King is too scary for me. I will politely nod and then not right. explore this further. Yeah, so, okay, so... Yeah, so it starts out on a... a Basic plot is these people are taking a red eye, and they all fall asleep, and they wake up, and the entire plane's empty. Right. Except for these, like, nine people or whatever. Rapture. Well, and then they manage to land the plane... Oh, nice. ...at an airport that is also completely empty. Right. So... Is it Rapture? I'm not going to tell you because you don't like spoilers. Dang, I've probably right. said too much already. You really have, but that's okay. Um, and there's a character named Nick, which oh, I said a few it. minutes ago, but now I'm just double spoiling you. Oh. Um, Nick, as in The Stand, is a very likable character. Cool. I wonder if Stephen I, King has a buddy named Nick. I don't know. I pictured Rob Lowe. Okay. Because the thing is... Did Rob Lowe play Nick in The Stand? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Rob Lowe is not how I pictured The Stand's Nick looking Was even Nick a little the bit. Was guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not how I... Rob Lowe is not who I would have cast. No, me neither. First of all, I pictured him black. Yeah, or at least... Yeah, like, or... Like, not white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know why, yeah. but I definitely pictured him as... Was his name, as, like, Riviera or something? Uh, no, it was... Nick Riviera is Dr. Nick from Simpsons. Sorry. Okay. Uh, that, that was not a joke. That was me trying to think <laughs> of a name associated with Nick and not... I don't remember. I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't. It was something. Nick Andros. Andros. Yeah. Yeah. That I got sort of a Greek sort of situation. Yeah, I don't. Andros. I was picturing him with like dark curly hair mm-hmm. and like 
either like light skinned black or like olive complected. Uh-huh. Definitely not Rob Lowe, who did a great job sure. in that role. Sure. Because he's Rob Lowe. He's a solid actor, yeah. But Rob Lowe as Nick in the Langoliers, I absolutely can see. The okay. guy who actually played Nick in the Langoliers, I'm sure did fine. Yeah. He was no Rob Lowe. And they made so they made the Langoliers into a movie. They made it into a TV miniseries. Okay. I think it was a three part miniseries. Right. And you have it is apparent. I have not seen it. It is apparently. It may have been New Matt who told me that it is laughably bad. Oh no! Like so bad, so nineties. Yeah. And I don't think I. I don't think I want to watch it. I kind of want to watch it, <laughs> but I need to be more removed. Yeah. From the story than I am right now, which was mind blowingly impressive to you. Yes, you, you loved it. I. I really like. It's up there with eleven twenty two sixty three for me. Wow. Okay. It beat out Gerald's Game, which was my backup for yeah. best Stephen King book of the year. If yeah. you told me that a novella didn't count, I count. <laughs> I Stephen King novellas count. Yeah. Uh, I counted The Long Walk, yeah. which is technically a well, it's a Bachman book, but it's okay. in a book, and I read a quarter of the book, and that book, that quarter of the book was called The Long Walk. Okay. And I and counted I counted it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's Gerald's game was also really, really good. Yeah. I think we've talked about that a little bit yeah. on air and a lot more off air. Yeah. I had the, the Netflix show was also very, very good. Yes. I had a visceral physical reaction while reading it, more so than watching it. Right. Like my shoulders kept like creeping up to my ears and got so tense. Yeah. Okay. So as I'm reading this and it's talking about like the tension in her shoulders. Right. I'm feeling the tension in my own shoulders, right. like ratcheting up. And at one point, Kevin looked over at me and was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and I had to like force myself to relax right. my upper body because yeah, I had gotten so tense. It was it was really really good. Okay, cool. But yeah. the Langoliers still wins. Langoliers wins. Okay, yeah. time travel. Stephen King time travel once again holds the day. Yes. Um, for me, I thought about the Long Walk more afterwards than any other book and that's the one that was the book within the book right that was one of the richard bachman books. okay but that was only because chris my, my daughter and i whose name is not Kristen, no nope. um, did a 5k uh-huh um some time some very short time after i finished reading the long walk okay and the long walk is basic plot about these kids win a lottery and if it starts sounding a lot like the hunger games that's because you're, you're, it is you're a feeling long... correct about <laughs> okay. it. Uh, but it was written in like the 70s. So basically, like a hundred boys get to do this thing. And okay. like they all have their various reasons to do it. If you win, you basically get to call the shots on whatever money becomes no object. You become famous and you get to, you know, your every wish is granted, whatever. Okay. But basically, you, um, 100 boys start walking at a, 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 a minimum of, I think, three miles an hour. And if you fall below that, you get three warnings and then they shoot you. Oh. And you walk until you're the last person walking. Sounds like a long walk. And it was. <laughs> Wink. Ding. So this is why you were thinking about it while you were doing your 5K. Right. Because I was like, you know, James, you don't have to keep a pace go like Right. Because you were walking alongside Lila who was running. Uh f- for the most part. Yeah. And like it was I like I I had to I wasn't she wouldn't allow me to run because I would out you know, I would outpace her just because right. of stride size. Right. But like I kept thinking about like you know, because they like they couldn't stop to go to the bathroom. They couldn't right. stop if they like tripped all this stuff. Like it was an intense. It was one of the. It was the Stephen King genre of here's a concept. Watch me explore this concept. Right. That was very compelling. So, but my favorite. Uh, I think my favorite this year was Carrie. Okay. Which is Stephen King's first book. Okay. And I think that I had expectations of it going into it that were not what it actually was, which was a lot better than I thought. Okay. The the famous pig's blood at prom thing yeah. is sort of like the end of the book. Okay. But it's not nearly the whole of the book. Okay. The whole of the book is a lot more of our of my favorite kind of Stephen King, which is normal life, normal life, normal life, also psychic powers. Right. Like 
she just happens it's to like also have nor- normal life in this normal sense of, shitty life. Yeah, like, this girl who is horribly bullied and isn't her mom also the worst? Yeah. Okay. She basically has the worst of everything all the time ever. Yeah. But and so she has the shine, right. basically. Yeah. Except for it's dark. Like, yeah. so, yeah, and, like, but they, they did it in a cool, like, there are, like, news reports and, like, Stephen King dabbled with that over the years of, like, here's this, a transcript of a TV interview and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and it has that, and it's also very fast-paced. Like, it's it's maybe one of the shortest Stephen King books I've ever yeah. read. So, that all adds up to a very enjoyable. Um, if Cujo and the Dead Zone were one book, okay, that might have won. Okay. Because they were basically, Cujo was not a sequel to The Dead Zone, but it took place in the same town and there was a recurring character. Okay. There uh, there was a sheriff in both of them. Okay. And I really like The Dead Zone. The Dead Zone might be my second. Might okay. be my number two. It, it's, it's close. And Cujo was really good. But if anyone tries to tell you that there's anything supernatural in Cujo, they are lying. Yeah, it's just a rabid dog. You happen to see things from the dog's point of view occasionally. And that's it. There's okay. no, like, it's not magically rabid. It's not the devil. It it's just, just has actual It gets bitten rabies. by a rabid bat. Is that bat Satan? I don't know. <laughs> but it is not immediately evident in the book. The dog is not Satan. Um, we should wrap up. Cause... Sh- should we say, should we skip non- favorite non-Stephen King or should we just do a rapid fire, this was mine, this was mine? Oh, for our favorite book of the year? That was, non- that was non-Stephen King. Oh, yeah, we can just do a rapid fire. Okay. I have three. Okay. But I will go really quickly. Okay. Uh, my favorite surprise book was the autobiography of Malcolm X, which turned out great. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, I couldn't put this down, was The Short Drop, which was a Kindle first read that I got for free because I'm an Amazon Prime member. And I read it as part of my book challenge mm-hmm. uh, because it has an obscured face on the cover. And it was great. Oh, okay. And it's part of a, a three book series. It's the first part of a three book series uh, by Matthew Fitzsimmons about okay. a hacker. Um, and then uh, Michael Crichton, uh, Dragon Teeth, which was a ostensibly nonfiction book, but it turns out he made up the main character, which kind of makes the book way better for me. Okay. Um, but real, like, based around real events, sort of, oh, it was okay. a conglomerate thing. Sure, sure. Um, and it was really, really good, too. And it redeemed Michael Crichton for me because it wasn't how um, scientists are fake. Okay. Which is some of his last books were about how science is all about money. In fact, lots of his books are about how scientists are in for the money and will fudge ethics to get to make money. <laughs> Fair. So yours. Um, I think. Well, I already read off my five stars: Clock yes. the Princess, Way of All Flesh, Lock and Key, Volume Six, Eleanor and Park. And I'm pretty sure the Langoliers is on there, and I just didn't write it down. Right. Because I know I gave it five stars. Okay. So those were your favorites yeah. of the of the year, tied yeah. for favorites. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, those were our years in books. Do you have an idea of what you're going to do your uh, challenge number for next year? I might aim for 100 again because I've over I, I've hit 100 and overshot 100 the past yeah. two years. Yeah. So I think this year I just... Just I don't enough know. year. Honestly, part of, part of the reason is probably that I read a lot of Stephen King. Yes. And a lot of... I did a lot of podcasting. Right. Right. That made it hard to read because i can't read while i edit um i am going to think i think maybe shoot for 25 regardless of if i hit 50 or not i think 25 is a nice even number. yeah i think that's a good number number, for you given your yeah uh new yorker yeah billboarding yeah exactly new yorker billboarding that's what i'm doing yep let's do social media we have a facebook group called unabashedly obsessed with unabashedly obsessed you should join it we have a Twitter. It is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today it stands for f- books. For books, yes. F books, but like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm un- at uh, Unabashed James. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We have a Patreon that you should join. It is patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Uh, we have great tiers from $1 to uh, $40. Yes. I think that's it for social media, yeah? You can email us on gmail.com. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube. Thank you to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find her on Twitter, at Corrupted Gem. 
That was the best social media I think maybe we've ever done. Yeah, I might just copy that and paste it into every future episode so that we don't talk for 15 minutes about our social media. No, but that's like the, that's what people come back for. Um, Sure it is. It's not. No, it's not. This has been a bookish episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. See you next year. Happy New Year. Last word. Mine. Thank you.